Well, good morning, folks, and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Uh, I'm uh, your genial host, uh, Joe Overlay, with VikingsTerritory.com and PurplePTSD.com, joined each week by estimable co-host Mark Craig from the uh, Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. Uh, Mark, we've launched into another week of free agency here, and the Vikings continue to make moves. I mean, just moments before I got on here, they made the very uh, inconsequential or consequential move of. Well, let's see what it is here. Oh, I can't find it. They they uh, cut some guy, some wide receiver, Hennigan or somebody, and and signed uh, uh, Bullard uh, to the. They signed him to the defensive line. So that defensive line is all set up, right? You know, breaking yeah, I mean, news right here. Yeah, there's such a such a blockbuster that you. Uh... Had no idea who what just happened. Uh, exactly, Jonathan Bullard. I mean, yeah, you, you continue to look at this defensive line, and it's like, you know, <laughs> this is a time of year, especially when you're cash strapped like they are, the cap strapped. Um, you know, you're just trying to plug holes so that when you do get into the draft, you can do one of two things: a, draft strictly for need, or b, when you're kind of at the end of a a quarterback era, probably uh, you you reach for that quarterback so you're not so you have as many holes plugged as possible. And that's kind of what we're seeing now with, with Lowry being signed and now Bullard being brought back and some positions being plugged uh, so that they can go into the draft with a little different, you know, uh, sense. Well, yeah, that's interesting. I, I saw this morning also a, a list of all 32 teams and where they are with the cap and the Vikings have the biggest cap number right now. They're right up against it. And, struggling like crazy to to bring it down and uh um i saw it uh, from our, one of our vikings territory writers Mar uh sean uh sean bowman uh borman excuse me sean who does a great job for vikings territory he he listed a few ways the vikings can save five million plus in the cap they could they could uh save 12 million if uh they traded zadarius smith they could save 10 million if they restructure Brian O'Neill they could uh, save 9 million if they uh, uh, cut uh, Delvin Cook by June 1st they could save almost 8 million if they traded Delvin Cook they could uh, save 7 million if uh, Zadarius Smith was cut and 6.6 uh, 6 million if they extend TJ Hawkinson which may be something that happens and 5.89 million if Delvin Cook was cut. So there's all those ways they can keep uh, doing this thing, and some of those uh, might still happen. Before we get into what they actually did, what do you think there? You think any of those things are going to come come down the Vikings' pike? Well, certainly. Uh, you know, you know, they brought Davenport in. They got Davenport. They got Neil Hunter, and they got Darius Smith. That's you know, three guys for two spots, starting spots, and Bullard. You know, <laughs> uh, well, Bullard's yeah, they did up front defensive end. So you got the, the three edge rushers, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Darius Smith and Cook are the moves that are you know the obvious ones that I mean, Madison comes back. Uh, you know, even without Madison, I thought, heck, you, you got some other running backs you could turn to. Uh, but Madison's back at a, a affordable price. Uh, you know, Cook has that; he's coming off the shoulder surgery, so there could be some reasons why he's not being moved or. You know, the thing is right now, who's going to trade for guys that you know that the Vikings are clearly, you know, the, the two that, that Zadarius Smith is a, is a huge savings if, when you get rid of him. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I personally think it's, it's time for them to move on from him, but you know, you, you could say, Hey, yeah, you trade Darius Smith and you save, you know, $50 million. Well, you got it. Who's going to trade for him and, and to take him at that price. So, especially whenever they know he's probably going to get cut or he, you know, uh, likely to be cut or, or, or cook, you know, who's going to take on that running back, you know, the running backs, people just don't pay that much for running backs. So there are, it's like they're, they're, they're up against the cap and they, but there's just, there's moves that, that can, that can and will be made. That's, you know, they're not like in this, Oh my God, or what are we going to do? There's moves that can be made. Now they're exploring trades and stuff like that. That's really true, Mark. You know, I mean, that's what we think when we're sitting out here, us, you know, people like me who are, uh, can't figure out that the cap is like the the matrix. I can't figure it out. Thank God we have the one in a, in a, uh, a Rob Brzezinski. That's a, that's a matrix illusion, the movie. I don't know if you saw it and you know who the one is, but anyway, I hope I got that right anyway. Um, but you know, they do have things they do. They, I just saw today that they added two void years to Brian Murphy's uh, contract and they added a couple more to uh, uh, Dean Lowry's contract, which is, you know, it's amazing what they can do is they can spread out their either their bonuses or signing bonus or something down the road, but as soon as the, and and then void them at the end, and then as soon as those if they were to let go on those void years and all that stuff they've kicked down the road is due right at that moment. So that that that's what's going to happen. Well, yeah, yeah, you, you, you can celebrate those and do do backflips on all that stuff, but at some point, you know, if you keep doing that, it. it, it it comes due. Like right now you're seeing Adam Thielen is costing the Vikings right. $13 million and, and uh, on the cap. And that's, it comes from all these renegotiations, all these, these things that they do. And now uh, <clears throat> he's playing for the Panthers and they're paying, he counts $3 million against their cap. So, and the Vikings need a receiver. So these things happen. The biggest one to happen that with the void years was Kirk Cousins uh, adding the two years and they, that, that bought him $16 million of cap space. That's the reason Cook's still on the roster. That's the reason Zadarius is still on the roster. So, uh, but they haven't, ex- you know, uh, at some point, Kirk, Kirk, I mean, it's not going to be a clean break where Kirk plays up to the very end of his contract and there's no dead money, but I think they're trying to to soften whatever dead money is eventually going to happen with Kirk. And they're, they are, that, to me, the fact that, I mean, he may still renegotiate and, and do an extension, uh, but right now they've just done the void years to try and possibly move on transition. So if they do take a quarterback in the first round, I wouldn't be surprised based on some things they're doing. And the fact that it's time, it's time for this team to allow realize, you know, what it was like to be, you know, plugging a quarterback in different quarterback every year. And you got Kirk wasn't the greatest in the world. Wasn't the worst in the world. He was a good quarterback, but you had him every week for five, six years. So that's what they're trying. You got to make that transition. Otherwise you're doomed in this league. Yeah, well, what what are you going to get at twenty five? They're going to have to trade up to get get a decent quarterback, or I suppose they're going to have to settle for whatever's available at at twenty five, perhaps. Well, yeah, you're, you're certainly not going to get the, the Bryce Youngs and the CJ Strouds, but I uh, Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL dot uh, com, you know, he threw out uh, the the Tennessee quarterback, which you know kind of makes sense to me because he's not going to be one of those top ten guys. Ryan Tannehill, uh, just kidding. Go ahead. It's yeah. Uh, uh, his name is Peyton Manning. Played uh, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 oh, what's his name? Herndon. Uh, gosh, yeah, Herndon Hooker. Now that that would be a good name for Vikings fans. You know, Herndon Hooker, the Hooker era, and um, 
But yeah, I mean, he's a guy that's obviously with Herndon in the. Yeah, so he's a guy that's not going to be a starter right away. If you watch him play, he's an incredibly talented guy. It's going to take him a year or two at least. And now you have your quarterback <clears throat> slash offensive play caller, wizard, genius, former quarterback, uh, who's of the modern coaching era. So he, you got him to bring this guy along. So uh, to me, it feels like the time to pick a quarterback and and groom him and, and move on. But you can only do that if, if it's a quarterback that you really feel confident. Well, of course. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, as a Viking fan, we'd sit here and forever and just, you know, see them trade for a, a veteran and then kick the can down the road on, on developing a young quarterback, or getting somebody good. I mean, it gets so frustrating to watch every other team out there, pick a Joe Burrows or pick a, uh, you know, a Jalen Hurts or, or somebody that, you know, is really one of those good quarterbacks and can change your franchise and rather than just hoping, you know, you get a project and hope you can develop them. Now they have the people in place to develop a quarterback, but man, oh man, I, 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 with so many needs, I just don't know that this is the year that you can take that risk. I think, you know, you almost got to trade down and get a later round quarterback and then still fill some holes. Yeah. In there, you know, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, it all depends. I mean, you're, you're, you're drafting the player, not just the two, two uh, letters in front of his name. It, you know, just to draft a quarterback to just draft one is probably what happened when they took Christian Ponder. Right. It was a fact where it, it was a strike year. They didn't have a quarterback. They just said quarterback and then yeah. well, quick, but you know, Christian was a 12th overall pick. Mon right, was a right. third rounder. Still kind of a where they were in their franchise. You know, Zimmer obviously didn't like it where they were, and they had to win and needed help right now. Uh, but this just feels like it is time. I would not say I, I would not be surprised if they if this is the year they take a quarterback and a guy like uh, like the kid from Tennessee is got to has that you know really talented uh, uh, dual threat type you know big arm but a developmental guy a little bit you know, when you're talking about first round picks. So, you know, that, that, you know, I saw that and it's like, you're going to see a lot of different things. You know, we, you know, it's going to run the gamut of cornerbacks and, you know, we'll probably see a lot of receivers now, but you know, someone to throw out quarterback, it's, you sort of look at it and it's like, yeah, I could see that for sure. Do you, do you uh, take any signals from the fact that from them restructuring uh, to save 16 million on Kirk Cousins cat number that, that, and not extending him yet, at least not yet, that they really are looking in that direction. Does that, does that say that to you or is that just happening? Well, yeah, I think, you know, and again, they, they could, he could end up, you know, the fact that it had, that wasn't an extension. Sure. And the fact that when uh, Quasey was at the combine, he was saying all the nice, right things about, you know, he's kind of learning his lessons on what to say. Kirk's we can win with Kirk. And we kind of laughed about it. It wasn't like uh, a glowing, uh, you know, compliments but it was a complimentary conversation but he also said he was brutally honest when it came down to you know what what's what's it take with Kirk what do you want to do and he basically said you know uh, Kirk wants stability and we want flexibility so it's like you know that's honest uh, you know Kirk's not going to play forever and you know you just don't want to get to the end of that and just be like oh, what do we do now you know and when you said earlier that every other team does it, I mean you look around the league, and it's not every other team. Yeah, I know. That, that that that. I mean, there's half of this league is is Too scrambling many. and desperate, uh, perennially just every year desperate. You know, uh, that's why you see a a Cleveland. You know, which I'm, I'm a, uh, my fear is that this that Deshaun Watson is going to be look 
trade or uh, uh, that that whole con that whole situation is going to be looked at as like the one of the most monumental like reaches and like oh my gosh what do we do and just throw 250 million guaranteed to the guy I hope it works out but it just has that feeling to me like you know the Clevelander and me is just saying that's going to be one of those that they will remember 50 years from now oh don't stop don't do that you know yeah well as since we're talking about quarterback I got to bring this up uh uh, before we go in further on to some of the other guys they did get was, you know, the rumors were whipping around the internet uh, and Twitter sphere about uh, Lamar Jackson coming here, Jeremy Fowler from CBS uh, sports, uh, uh, someone that we used to know he was in the Vikings locker room with us for a long time uh, said that the Vikings are Tennessee is a, is a landing spot for him. And the Vikings are a wild card landing spot for him. And I, I kind of chuckled uh, with that, thinking, you know, what the moves that they made with Kirk and and what that would mean. What what they would have to f- get rid of half of their roster all of a sudden to sign someone who's who's out there trying to get the biggest contract for himself that he can. So, any thoughts on that on that little note of the? Uh, yeah, I mean, the wildest of wild cards, I suppose. Uh, I mean, not not only not only are they are, are where are they they're where they are right now cap wise, but they also have the best receiver in the league at a time when he's due for a contract at a time when receivers are making more than they've ever made. Uh, and he's going to set, you know, as much as like the uh, Stefan Diggs is and uh, uh, Tyree kills and all those guys made last year or whatever, you know, Jefferson's going to set the bar a little higher for receivers. So that's coming down the pike as well. Uh, I would imagine that's, you know, that, that gets yeah, done. We haven't even heard of that. And that's not really going to help them anyway, cap wise, because he's going to get a raise. And no matter, he was on a rookie contract, or he still is. And for him to get extended, it's going to be big dollars. And they're going to have to yeah. do magic, magic matrix numbers with that one. Yeah. But whenever you're doing all these deals, as they, you know, continually try to tell us, you know, uh, you know, the, the lunkheads in the media, we're, we're, we're just like so focused on, well, what, what's your cap this minute? You know, hit refresh. You know, these guys are looking at, you know, the, the smart ones like the Brzezinski's or whatever are looking at how does this affect our cap, not only this year, but in 2026. Um, sometimes it doesn't always look that way. Because, um, you know, guys that are like, say you're at the end of a regime, like with, with Spielman, and they, they were making some moves uh, or they got fed up, you know, not having a quarterback. So they went and they did that Kirk Cousins deal, which at the time was had never been done, you know, guaranteeing a guy three years and giving him uh, his highest big quarterback at, you know, for like two minutes probably, but you know, they, they, in the, in ultimately they're all trying to look at the, not only the cap this year, but you know, three years down the road. Yeah. And that's gotta be a difficult thing to do. So uh, can I put you down as poo-pooing the Lamar Jackson to Minnesota? Uh, yeah, I, I'll officially, you know, no offense to Jeremy, I, uh, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be firmly in the poo-poo. Uh, <laughs> pile on that one i'm not touching that line uh mark's firmly in the poop so, so whenever it, so when it happens on thursday just you make just keep just play it over and over and over and <laughs> we've got our we've got our first soundbite mike you know that, that, that we can keep playing marks i'm in the that mark is in the poo poo pile there yes yes uh, that, that will have to come back all right speaking of that let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about some of the moves the vikings did make uh first week of free agency and and where they're headed next. There's plenty going on, a lot of names and and uh, numbers exchanging places, and we're here to break them down for you. So come on back to Vikings Territory Breakdown.
All right, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown uh, with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune, the man atop the poo-poo pile on Lamar Jackson coming here. I I, uh, I I aspire to be in the poo-poo pile with Mark, but uh, we won't go any further than that. But I, 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 I laughed when I saw that coming, so I don't think it's going to happen. But, hey, it's fun to talk about. It's always fun when they mention the Vikings. You know, speaking of the Vikings, I saw on <laughs> – this morning I saw – a. Uh, a chart from gambling.com who uh, uh, looked at different uh, people's respondents to Facebook and Twitter and all these different places. And it, it, it compiled the angriest fan bases in the league based on their number of negative comments to all these different places. Guess who's number one. <laughs> Who's well, that 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 pile, I will not poo-poo. I, that, that's a, I would say that I would, you know, I've only been in two markets in my life, uh, so. But you know, Browns fans were, you know, angry at one point, but then I, you know, I haven't been there in twenty some years, so it's. I think they're just kind of like in the, we've been beat to death pile. But yeah, Vikings fans are. The beauty about Vikings fans is they're it's it's, a, it's such a competitive, strong franchise, but it's never never made it over the hump. And so that keeps people engaged, but angry as all hell, because there's always, there is that always, at least so far, there's always that banana peel at the end of your, when you guys are skipping along and you're holding hands and you're hugging, there's always that banana peel that happens right at the end. Well, so sure? yeah, I, I would say that, uh, but that, you know, to me, if you're, if you're the Vikings or you're, uh, you that's a good it. thing. It's yeah. a good thing because you want anger instead of like you want anger. engagement for sure, and whether yes. it's uh, anger or or love. And and boy, you just described with the banana peel uh, the 2022 Vikings just skipping along at 13 and and four, and and suddenly whoop, in the playoffs. So that's yeah, it's still a frustration for me. One one time I'd love for the I mean the in the last several decades I can remember only one. You know, I remember a top seven pick when they traded uh, Randy Moss and got to Troy Williamson, uh, seventh pick. But they had the third overall pick when they got – who's the – they traded down with, uh, I think, Cleveland and got uh, – or no, I, I can't remember who, but they got the fourth pick and they picked up the lineman. Who yeah, had, Matt Khalil. Matt Khalil, Khalil yeah. That in, in, in the last 20 to 30 years, that's as good as it gets for the Vikings in the top ten just about. I mean, there isn't much more than that where you could actually even look at it at a at a blue chip quarterback or something else instead you know they're they're mid-teens to uh mid-20s you know and they've always got you there winning games which you want them to do during season but they're gosh so rarely have they had such a bad season that they can get in the top five for a, a really blue chip pick you know instead, well you know uh instead, instead of troy williamson you could have had a guy named aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, they had two cracks was, at him. They had two cracks well, at him. But, yeah, but it's 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 that would have been uh, a good move. It would have been a, you know, historically for for uh, shadow. But uh, at that point, uh, you know, Dante Culpepper was coming off his best year. He's still young. Had Dante not you know blown out his knee like six games after that yep. that draft, uh, then it suddenly it became a need for uh, a quarterback. But. Think yeah, about it's, that. Think about this franchise with Aaron Rodgers all these years. Oh my God, where would we be now? Oh my, we'd be talking about ayahuasca and and uh, drama and diva and what have you with with that dude. Uh, you'd have a trophy in your case, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe who knows? Just 
just one. You know, that's all you get. <laughs> yeah, just one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like it's like it's like if you win the Powerball, you, you know, Joe, you got to pay taxes on the Powerball. You know, that's right. if, if they give you a hundred million, what's taxes on a hundred million dollars? I mean, that's just on. that that's that negative Vikings fan base looking for the negative, right? You know, if, oh Powerball, oh, shit, I got to pay taxes. You know, yeah. So, anyway, let's let's talk some positivity. Who the Vikings did pick up, and the number one guy I think they got was cornerback uh, Brian Murphy from, uh, excuse me, the Arizona Cardinals, kind of. Uh, I think it was a protege of Patrick Peterson who kind of mentored him in out there. And, and now he followed Patrick Peterson to Minnesota and Patrick Peterson ran off to, to Pittsburgh. So um, I, uh, I think this is a good pick, you know, like you noted some notes to me, I mean, he's coming off a of back surgery, but, or injury. So what, what, uh, what are your thoughts on him, Mark? No, I, well, I think in, in free agency, if you're going to get a guy that's his age, 25, 26 years old, um, you know, typically it's going to have to, you know, they're not available if they're completely healthy and they're coming off an all pro year. So there is some, some guesswork and some projecting and some um, praying, I guess, where, where he was, you know, cause two years ago he was at a fine year. Uh, last year he had a back injury, which he just re he just rehabbed. He didn't have to have surgery. So he, you know, he's young. Uh, he's got, he's, he's a, you know, he's an ascending player. And two things about him that probably you, know, you can't, can't say about Peterson at this stage in his career is that he could play inside and outside. And he's probably more suited to play in man, more man coverage than Peterson probably would have been asked to play had, uh, you know, had he stayed in, in, in this new defense. So, you know, where they might have at one point wanted to have Peterson back, I think, you know, they kind of looked and thought, you know, certainly not going to overpay him. I think the Steelers paid him very well. So, yeah, this is a guy that I think is a, is a good move. But, again, there's there's risk involved with when someone's coming back from injury. I think I called him Brian Murphy, and I should call him Byron Murphy. Uh, not, he, yeah, he, pref he prefers Byron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not to confuse him with Brian Murphy, who's a <laughs> former colleague of ours who's who, – uh, uh, is out there in the Twitter sphere as well and, and doing a fine job. I like to follow him. Um, so uh, I, I think it's, I think it's a good, good deal to get this guy in there. Hopefully, you know, injury wise, he's going to be fine. It's, it's something, it's a, it's a huge hole I need with Pat, uh, yeah. Peterson leaving. You got, you got the two cornerbacks coming off of uh, injury or the two other people in the secondary, Lewis seen and, Andrew Booth. And then you got the other cornerback uh, who's also got injury issues uh, uh, with his concussions, uh, Caleb Evans. So uh, the all injured uh, secondary out there, but uh, they needed some depth. They needed something in there. And I think this is a, this is a good. Right. And, and Sullivan, Sullivan's leaving. Uh, it's not going to be brought back. Uh, so yeah, it's a, they, you got to have, you got to have some bodies there. You got to start putting that. Uh, you figure Flores pushed for him, his kind of guy to, to work in his defense. You think so? On that, probably. well, yeah, I mean, all the defense, all defensive moves that are being made now are not going to come without the, the yeah the check mark of, of, of Flores, who was handpicked by uh, O'Connell. Yeah. Okay. Well, and a guy that they also picked up and just uh, finished uh, this morning signing his deal is defensive end Dean Lowry, formerly of the Packers, fulfilling that uh, yearly uh, Packer former Packer signing caution for the Vikings. We can't we can't go into the season without signing a former Packer. So. Uh, he, he he fulfills that, but uh, what does uh, what does he do for you, uh, Mark? 
he's an overachiever, that's for sure. He's a, you know, he came out of Northwestern, and I think he, you know, the, the feeling was, yeah, he'll be a nice, you know, complimentary player, kind of a, you know, just fill in a backup guy. Uh, but he started like 80 games out of 100 or whatever that he's played. Uh, he's not going to wow you. He's not, uh, you know, there, I don't think there's a whole lot, probably not a whole lot of highlight film of this guy, but he's, he's dependable. Uh, he's still young enough. Uh, and again, when you're, when you're looking at their, at their, where they are financially, you've got to start putting together a shell, uh, take cover in your bases so that when you go into the draft, you can take the best players available, or like we said, look, you know, look for a quarterback. So, you know, it's one of those where it's, I think it's a good move. It's, I still don't, I look at that defensive line and I'm just like, it, there's nothing that it's, it doesn't really excite you. Uh, you know, and you lose uh, Tomlinson, uh, which I certainly wouldn't have overpaid him, I think, the way Cleveland did. But, you know, Tonga's your nose tackle. If Harrison Phillips is a starter, and now Lowry's a starter, and there isn't much behind him. Uh, boy, it's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a position on this team I think is underrated as a, as a concern. It's like I, that was my concern, like, going into the draft last year. Uh, and I was just like, but, you know, they, they can only do so much, I guess. Um, do you think, I mean, you talked about this in the first segment, we talked about Zadarius Smith and, and the struggles are having there. He, he sold his house, stripped uh, Minnesota Vikings off his social media and says, I want to trade. And so he can go out and get some more money. And he limped out to the finish line last year. Uh, he's got a big cap hit. He wants more money. So the, Conventional wasn't said they would says the Vikings would move on from him some way or somehow, but like you said, the the uh, rest of the people are not going to give you a boatload of stuff for him because they know you might have to cut him anyway. So, do you think there's any possibility that they keep maneuvering so that they can keep him? And if they keep him, they have him and Daniel Hunter's edge rushers and the edge rusher they signed last week. I can't even think of his name again from the Saints. Mar uh, Marcus Davenport. That's yeah. the guy. Uh, do you think well, that it's possible yeah. at all or just wishful thinking on my part? Well, no, I, I think it's definitely possible because, you know, on the Friday of last week, he, he had like $5 million guaranteed that, you know, if he was going to be get if he was going to get cut, you know, logic would say, you know, they'd be, if I, if I'm the owner, I don't care how much money I have, you know, if you can cut him on Thursday and save $5 million or cut him on the following Thursday, you know, that, yeah, so I, I think they are trying. Maybe there there is a uh, and and you know going back to what I was saying about uh, well teams might not you know they think he's gonna get cut so maybe that's less likely that he's gonna be cut because mm -hmm. he got that he reached that that point in the in the in his contract where he got some guaranteed money so uh, yeah I would think you know if they're under the cap now and you're you're putting things together and yeah I mean he's still a good player uh, he's making probably making too much money. He's too much of a cap hit, but he's on your roster. You've, you've guaranteed that extra money to him. Uh, so yeah, I think it's wouldn't, very possible that he stays on the team. Wouldn't he want to uh, play for Flores in this offense? I mean, you, you sent me this note saying that he had, uh, if he stays and he and Lowry have played in the same defense together under Mike Smith and, and Mike Patton. Uh, isn't that uh, exciting to, I mean, wouldn't he want Flores in a, in a, a Brian Flores defense where they're constantly going after the quarterback? Well, I would think so. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got to kind of look past what, you know, he, yeah, he put his house up for sale. He's, 
he's up disgruntled on Twitter and whatever, all these little things that they do. I mean, when, when the, uh, he loved the Packers until he came here, and then he hated the Packers. Yeah. Now he's he's looking at the possibility of getting cut. I was looking at the possibility of getting cut. Uh, it's negotiations. It's uh, it's guys being uh, just emotional, and so yeah, if he ends up here, he'll I think he'll enjoy this defense. And uh, but with him, it's a you know the, the key is just keeping all the body parts working because he whenever he was going, he was everything was working. Uh, he was as good a defensive player, you know, up among one of the best edge rushers in the league. And then he just went off the table because he got started getting hurt. Yeah. Maybe with the, with the, uh, the edge rusher they brought in and they got three of them, they can get a nice rotation going there and give him some rest during the season. And, and uh, I don't know, I, I would love to see it. I'd love to go back to the days when you've got, uh, Vikings players just constantly harassing quarterbacks. That was the biggest deal. I mean, they made they made uh, quarterbacks like Daniel Jones and and Jared Goff able to sit back there and just sit in the pocket and just riddle the the defense with with no problem because there was they would never. I don't even think they ever felt threatened to be hurried or rushed. So I, I would love to change that up and see that. Happen. Yeah, and and then, and there's you know even though there's three of them, you know, there's two two starting spots, but you know. A lot of you know a lot of times we saw last year where Desiderius was rushing inside, and you had uh, Daniel and um, and another you know like uh, uh, Pat Jones or or um, those guys on another guy rushing. So you know you can use them. It's um, you can get if you get an extra edge rusher and you can get it under the cap, and yeah, it's it's a good thing to have. Yeah. Um, another one, another, uh, thing that happened, you know, salary cap, uh, uh, maneuvering is the restructuring of Harry, the Hitman, uh, Harrison Smith, um, big deal. I mean, uh, with losing Kendricks, losing Thielen, you know, here was another longtime favorite player of Vikings fans, Harrison Smith, who's just been solid since he's been here, uh, uh, for, uh, for so many years. And I, I think everybody was concerned and, and, uh, worried about losing him, but he 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 restructured his deal and uh, he took a pay cut for incentives apparently. Uh, and as you said, shows he's a team guy and and maybe knowing his limitations at at this point. Uh, I think it's a big deal. It, it's nice. I I want if they got the young secondary, and then I think they need a leader out there who really knows what's up. And and uh, you feel I, what you've told me that he he would flourish in a in a Brian Flores defense, Mark. Uh, what are, what are your thoughts on that? That yeah, uh, I mean I, um, you know, I I I love Harrison. You know, a lot of us have had you know conversations with Harrison, and uh, you know you don't want to, you don't give details of what you, know, you talk about, but it it's safe to say that he was not uh, he was not happy in that defense. I don't think it, uh, he felt. I mean, he, he didn't. There's he did not complain about a public at all. all um, but I feel that he knows that he can do more than what he was given um, last year in that defense. And he can create some situations where uh, like with, with like what he did with Zimmer uh, in overload situations where you're, you're standing next to Daniel Hunter and, you know, uh, it just throws offenses out. And you see the quarterback being either hurried or, or roughed up or, you know, affected. And you just didn't see the quarterback affected enough last year, especially at home. I mean, to have the to have the benefit of 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 a stadium like U.S. Bank Stadium that can work in tandem with a defense, and to see it just pissed away uh, with with a defense that didn't put enough pressure on it, it was it was weird to see after seeing 
just not only Zimmer era, but so much of the Vikings era, Metrodome, just the pass rushers that have going back to the roots of this team. Mm -hmm. uh, and you just didn't see it and last year. It was just uh, it was really kind of strange to watch. And I think yeah. Harrison Smith will definitely bring a, a, a versatile element that we used to see was with Harrison. It's interesting that they uh, didn't seem to – or maybe they couldn't uh, couldn't budge him off the the dime. They couldn't didn't negotiate with uh, um, Eric Hendricks and let him go. They did with Adam Thielen and couldn't come to an agreement. And let him go. And now you have Harrison Smith, who they obviously did some maneuvering and kept him around. It's it it's. Uh, do you think they would have, you know, in a perfect world, the negotiations would have liked to have kept all those three if they could have got them to renegotiate their numbers down and and. Uh, well, I think it, it just by, based on their actions, uh, they were quick to, you know, pat uh, Kendricks on the back and say, you know, yeah. you know, great, one of the greatest that we've had, and now get out the door. Uh, <laughs> I don't think there was much, uh, much there. I mean, I feel like they, you know, maybe it's because they, they like Asamoah. Good Lord, we know that they held Asamoah up uh, last year as, uh, you know, in part because I think he was like their one shining thing that they could point to for for their draft you know that wasn't the, the greatest or it's it's it it's got an incomplete grade at this point but mm -hmm. it'd still be a good good draft but i think that they felt they got someone behind him where and you know obviously they got someone behind harrison as well but you know harrison is a guy that they uh like you said there's not only does he fit this defense um where maybe you know kendrick's doesn't fit that defense quite as well mm -hmm. as what harrison would fit uh, and you've got the leadership quality. You also got another, you know, the versatility of Harrison. So, and a different person probably. So, you know, maybe he's, you know, I could see negotiations with Harrison maybe being a little easier than maybe with, even with Thielen. You know, mm -hmm. Thielen not only wanted the money, Thielen wanted, you know, kind of uh, the, the role. And uh, uh, so, and they, uh, they, so, yeah, the thing with Thielen is it would have been nice um, to have that, yeah, the dead money with me and and Thielen is hard to take because it's like, wow, you still need a receiver. Right. And you got $13 million dedicated to this guy. But in the Vikings, uh, you know, to their credit, they, they're looking at next year and, and, and the fact that they got Jefferson. They don't want to be kicking that can down the road too much farther on a guy who's 32, 33 years old. Yeah, you're exactly right, Mark. And there, there was some pain that needed – needed to take place with this team. I mean, the previous regime was trying to hang on to their jobs and we're kicking a lot of cans and, and suddenly we had to, we're having to pay the piper and Quasi and uh, O'Connell don't have the emotional attachment to any of these players. So they are looking at them as more strictly business decisions. You know, I'm not saying the other guys didn't have make business decisions, but uh, you know, uh, Adam Thielen was a guy that uh, Zimmer brought in, you know, saw him down at Mankato as a walk-on and, and uh, you know, it'd be tough for him probably to let him go. I think he liked Adam quite a bit. And um, so I, anyway, it, it's, it's just a different take on it. The pain was in, inevitable and, and we're starting to see some of it. Yeah. I mean, it, and uh, I think, I think he came in what 2013 is when he was so Leslie, it would have been Leslie's last year, I believe. Uh, he's on the practice squad. Well, and, you know, that's right. You're right. I'm my mistake. But, but I'm just saying, like, even like trying to make decisions on Adam when he signed his last contract and this year are different because, you know, my, ultimately Mother Nature and age wins 
against all these guys. You know, yeah. even beat it even beat Tom Brady eventually. Although I think Tom probably could uh, could have staved it off for a few more years. But uh, you he'll know, probably be back. he'll probably be back. I don't think we should worry about Tom. He'll, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe he comes here. Let's, let's start that right here. He, he's trying to troll uh, Adam or I mean uh, Aaron Rodgers and make sure that Aaron's got to keep playing so he can't retire in the same year. Like you've made that. Well, I don't think Tom has to worry. Aaron would have to worry about uh, you know being <laughs> being in the second car and, and you're, as you're being paraded around the streets of Canton, Ohio. You, I think Tom Brent gets that first uh, first car. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna move one thing around here, and I'm gonna quickly since we've been talking about Adam, he signed with the Panthers, so it's official. He's out of here. Um, you know, uh, is there's part of me being the hometown guy, being the Mankato guy that uh, I wanted him to to maybe, you know, all the dust settles and the Vikings still need another receiver. And Adam says, okay, I can't find what I want here. I could come in and take a, a cut to um, come back to the Vikings, but it's not going to happen now. So my uh, Mankato heart is officially broken. But, you know, he didn't get a whole lot of money, uh, you know, uh, I think from the Panthers. He signed kind of a middling – uh, contract and he may just maybe it's a, a situation where he's going to get the role that he wants. I mean, he, I think he, 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 uh, doesn't he take over as probably right now he's the number one receiver until they draft somebody else because they, they, uh, they trade, didn't they trade more of their receiver to, uh, the Bears, I believe. Picked yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but I thought he got pretty good money for, uh, Did for he? his age and, but no, I mean it wasn't uh, top. It wasn't tier one stuff. But I, I guess I was saying I thought they could could have done it here, but maybe they couldn't have done those numbers here. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I who knows? I mean, I, clearly uh, he was in, he obviously was insulted by whatever they yeah. ultimately offered, and you know chose to go elsewhere. Now, yeah, he becomes their their guy. But in saying that, the, you know, the guy throwing to him is either going to be Andy Dalton, who's on about his. 43rd team in the past 41 years and <laughs> and whoever like it you know it's gonna be the bryce young or cj stroud rusty so, rifle yeah and let's put it this way by the time that uh bryce young is is it's up to where he's uh gonna be you know the elite quarterback adam's gonna be uh adam's gonna be going into the ring of honor back here so yeah uh, it's gonna be interesting. go ahead it's Gonna be interesting to see what his production is, just because he does not have. I mean, as much as we kind of, you know, Kirk's that one day Kirk's bad, one day he's good, blah blah blah, back and forth. You know, now you're Andy. You know, Kirk. Let's. I'll. I will say this: Kirk's better than Andy Dalton, and Kirk is gonna be better than whatever the number one overall pick's gonna be this year. Right. Why? Well, you know, Adam says they're gonna. They, they have a chance at a Super Bowl. That's why he he wanted to go to a Super Bowl contender, and he's. He's going to get that with Andy, Andy the re, the rusty red so, rifle Dalton. So, so what happens now? Okay, okay, now it's good. someone in someone in someone in Carolina should ask this question, Adam. What do you think of the fans of the Panther fans in Carolina? Does he say like as they always always they always say we have the greatest fans in the NFL? Can Adam say that and come home? Are you will you let him do that? Will you let him? Will you let him utter that like totally hollow? Thing that everyone says and then come back. Will, yes, Mark, I will because I know that everything that's said in front of a microphone is PR <laughs> and, yes, and you know I, I've been in the no. locker room long enough to know that. 
Yeah, I think I think you, you know, whenever you uh, you have, especially in podium settings, whenever you you know the answer to every question that's going through your head, you already you've already you can already hear the answer that that's going to be said in front of the podium. So, uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> It happens quite a bit. Let's, let's or, or if you uh, if you're Brett Favre and you you get asked one question, oh. you ask your self questions throughout the entire thirty minute press conference and answer them, and then just keep rolling. There is there is one Adam Thielen story that Adam and I and I called him on it in a in a press conference. I know it was in a, a a scrum, and it was at, right after Stefan Diggs had walked out of walked out of, walked out on the team, didn't show up at practice. And the next time, next access we had to Adam was the next day. And Adam, you know, and Adam was in, you know, and I love Adam, but Adam was in full cliche, you know, uh, say, you know. Damage control. No, just, you know, you just say it. I don't, I think sometimes they don't even know what they're saying. It's just that automatron saying it. He said, well, you know, the media has been blown out of proportion by the media. And I said, and I I just went, Adam, you know, (laughs) all due respect. I said, uh, your your starting receiver walked walked out on the team. How is that? How is the media blowing that out? Of the and they kind of like, I don't know what it backpedaled back. And then we talked about it afterwards. I said, I'm, I apologize for saying that, but it was just that it was just something to me. I said, I cannot let this pass. Hey, you know, why? How could you say that it's the media? You know, and that's it's just such an. Uh, and again, I, I love Adam Thielen, but it's such a cop out. It's just ah, yeah. uh, you know, the media. It's, uh, it's that media. You know, and, and, uh, you don't know that they're not told to say that either, you know? Well, I don't know what he was told to say, what he wasn't told to say, but it's become such a, a knee-jerk reaction uh, that you see at all levels, Joe, even even some presidential elections. Go oh, on. yeah. So, the media um, is, a, is a favorite whipping, you know, I mean, the... Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. Well, on that note, we'll, uh, we'll uh, get out our hankies and sponges for the saying so long to Adam Thielen, at least I will. And uh, I'm sure he will enjoy himself down in Myrtle Beach playing all those golf courses down there. They got a bunch of them down there. So good on you, Adam. I hope your career continues to go well. And we will be back with segment three on Vikings Territory Breakdown. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown podcast with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, the Vikings, and we touched on it just momentarily early on, but the Vikings signed Alexander Madison uh, to a $7 million contract. And it's great to have him back, but it was it seems to me that could be a domino. I mean, that, that affects that running back position going forward. I mean, you got Dalvin Cook out there who's just coming off shoulder surgery. There's been plenty of rumors about that uh, Vikings are entertaining trades for him. Uh, nothing's materialized yet. But uh, what do you think about the uh, uh, Madison signing, and what do you think it means for the running backs and the Vikings in general? Well, I think it means that Madison is. I mean, I, I don't. I don't see Madison coming back unless he's he knows something that, uh, you know, that he's going to be. Yeah, I don't see Madison signing coming back here oh. and signing just to be, you know, the guy that gets. Uh, 90 carries a year or whatever. Right. Right. Um, I have a sense that, you know, he, he knows that he's probably going to be the guy, you know, the fact that Dalvin had his surgery, if there's, you know, any, any trade partners maybe at this point are looking at, you know, they want to see him, they want to, they want to see him pass a physical. They want to see him make sure that uh, if you're, if you're going to trade for that type of uh, contract, you know, fourth, 
14 million against the cap and Madison, I believe is like two, 3 million against the cap, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, Cook is a guy that, you know, you want on your team, but if the, if the NFL didn't have a cap and everybody was allowed to just make whatever, you know, then, then yeah. But with that, with that money, yeah, you try and move him, you try and move him and you, you, uh, you hope that people that are making that trade uh, would say, Hey, look, look what McCaffrey did for uh, the 49ers uh, and hope that a, that a team that needs a running back like that, uh, you know, maybe a, I'm just off the top of my head, a Cincinnati, a, a Buffalo, maybe go, what if he goes to Buffalo and uh, he and his brother are there, you know, I don't know. I don't know who, who, who fits that, uh, where they can take on that money, but yeah, I think if you, if you trade him, then I think you're still in good shape. I mean, I, I think you can, you can win with a Madison and the fact that, you know, they got a blocking tight end on the first day of I get the best mm-hmm. blocking tight end in the NFL on uh, Josh Oliver on the first day of free agency. And Madison is really more of a, uh, he's a guy that I would rather have in short yardage situation than, than Dalvin. Yeah. And Dalvin's explosive. I would wish they would have done more screens to Dalvin, but you know, those hard yards, I, I put my money on Madison, you know, as opposed to Dalvin. And then the uh, the Bills just got uh, uh, Devlin Signatory signed away from them, so they lost the running back. So maybe the right. brothers could get together. Um, you know, just speaking about you know, just reiterating what uh, Sean Borman from VikingsTerritory.com said: if they cut Dalvin by June first, they save nine million. If they cut him later, they save five point eight nine million. So um, I'm sure I would think they're entertaining as many trade offers as they can get just to get some capital for the draft. But when you look at those numbers, there could be something happening with him by, by June 1st to save that 9 million. And then you can keep someone like Zadarius Smith or something else. I, I, you know, that, that has been that Delvin cook situation has been sitting out there the entire off season, like, you know, the potential to uh, something's got to happen there. And this, this points to it. Uh, their, uh, the numbers they have in the, in the running back room point to it. Um, I, it's, I think something's going to happen with him and, it, and it's too bad because he's sounds like he's a great locker room guy and a leader for those guys. And, uh, certainly has been fun to watch in his time here in Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he's explosive. He's a, he's a better, you know, when, when it, but also you gotta look at his, um, at the age too. It's like, you know, we, you have analytics guys running the show now and uh, they, they know all the, you know, when running backs, typically hit the wall and um, yeah, I, I, it's the contract is just it's too big right now. And right. Uh, you know, I, I, my feeling is that something didn't, hasn't happened or because of him, him coming off injury and, and it's, it's surgery and, you know, but we'll, well see. It's interesting. It finally did it. That shoulder has been bothering him for the last, how many seasons he would get, he would get hit. And he'd be out maybe half a game or a game. And he'd come back and play with it and good on him for doing so. But sounds like he's finally getting it fixed. And, you know, maybe he's going to be more durable. Who knows? Who, who knows? You can't. Hey, maybe he goes to Kansas City, something like that. I mean, that you know, if you if, if a team like that, I don't know if they could afford a you know contract like that. But if you I mean, I would think, uh, you know, you know, when when McCaffrey went to San Francisco, obviously, the, the feeling for me was like, ah, oh, you know, he's just going to get hurt like like he does and like all the 49ers does. But if you, if you can avoid that injury, I mean, when they added him, I mean, it was, yeah. Uh, it put them, you know, through the roof. Uh, 
offensively, I thought. Once again, no emotional attachment to Dalvin from K- KOC and Kwesi. So uh, thanks, Dalvin. We'll see you. I-, I think that's what's going to happen down the road, but who knows. Uh, someone they are keeping is uh, they made they, they locked up their uh, specialists, uh, Andrew Paola. Paolo, how do you say his last name anyway? Paolo. D, he's got a D-E. D-E. You, you, you missed it. He's A. There's two first-team All-Pros on the, on the roster, and you, you just butchered one of them. That's, he was, <laughs> he's the best long snapper in the league, Joe. Come well, on. heck, throw me in the poo-poo pile for that one. And they signed him, the long snapper, and uh, we're going to call him AP. and ADP, I guess. And they got... Greg Joseph for a year, uh, the kicker, uh, which I think is a good, good way to go. They need it. They need a kicker. He did enough good things last year. He wasn't great in certain situations, but he uh, he had some game winners and kicked sixty one yarder to to beat the Giants, which is cow dang memorable for for uh, this team, which has struggled with their kicker. So, and they signed Austin Schlotman. They re-signed him. Um, and Ole Udo. So they, they did some stuff on the offensive line. Any or all of them, Mark, tell me what you got on those signings. Well, yeah, I mean, those are, those are, those are, those are ones that, uh, you know, aren't going to bust your cap and ones that, I mean, Joseph is, was, is a fascinating, uh, you know, guy to look at because he misses all those uh, PATs, but he misses like a lot, most of his 50 yarders, but, he kicks a 61-yard a record, franchise record, 61-yarder to beat someone. Had all those other game winners. So, yeah, certainly uh, you know, to get him you know, another year, uh, just one less thing to have to go look for because I think that he's a guy who was good enough you keep. Um, the long snapper, obviously, he's the best one in the league. Um, so, they yeah. Say, they say you really want to keep your, your – your snapper your holder you know punter and your kicker together as much as possible because they work together maybe that was joseph that was saying that but it sounds like that's what the mentality of the vikings use you know keep that unit together they they perform pretty well the three of them and they could be good if if you know they can build on what they've done so far and joseph gets a little bit better on his extra points but it seems like that was the mentality there you know keep that unit together yeah, and you know you, you try and do that, but there's obviously times where they they break them apart, and um, they still have their own primary things they have to do. Like, but the punter, I mean, I, th- I thought the punter was had an exceptional year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that uh, hats off, Quasi, you nailed it. So on that one, so. Austin Schlattman and Uli Udo. Come on, Mark, give me your give me your deep dive on those two guys. You know. Well, when guys get hurt, you better have someone that's uh, got some experience. Uh, Udo, uh, he was a punchline two years ago when he yeah. was starting at guard. Um, I see still probably not among <laughs> the better, you know, the better linemen in the league. But you know, you got to have backups. Uh, you know, when guys go down, so I, he's, I think he the, the the guard experiment was over for him, and he's your swing tackle. So yeah, that's an important position because they still got a. Uh... Backup center, don't they? What was his name from? I can't think of his name. He came in while Garrett Bradbury was out. Well, Schlotman, Schlotman started a right. quite a bit. Quite a few. Okay. And, uh, so yeah, it's you know, you you it's you know like the days of where five linemen roll out and they play fifteen years together and none of them miss anything. You know, yeah, uh, you, and you got to and uh, 
you know, Blake Brandle is, is another tackle that they have. So that gets quite a bit of playing time. Uh, yeah. I mean, Dara saw is uh, as good as he is. He's, you know, hasn't been a guy who plays every game, which is kind of the, maybe a new era for left tackles or tackles. You know, it used to be like, you know, they come in, they start for 15 years and they go to the great ones, but now you're going to see guys that are, you know, with, with concussions more and more and um, just different player safety precautions. You you need backup linemen. Absolutely. You do. Which, uh, which brings us to our next question. Something we wanted to talk about today. And, uh, uh, question posed by you is like, what do we think is the biggest priority heading into the second, third waves of free agency in the draft? And what's the biggest hole in the roster right now? And uh, I, I still think uh, O-line is a hole. I'm not going to say they're the biggest priority. Uh, uh, there's some stuff to do on the D-line, of course. I think uh, they're not quite settled there. And I, I want to see, I want to see Zedarius, you know, as an edge rusher stay and play for this team. And, um, you know, I think a uh, desperate need for them is linebacker depth and there's a quarterback that we talked about and certainly a wide receiver, but that's not even, I'll, I'll give you my number one position of need after you've kind of talked, oh. what do you see? What do you see about your, your, the positions that they need? What do they, what should they should focus on in the next round of free agency? If, if given that they're going to be able to get some more room on their cap. Right. I mean, as I as I said earlier, it was like when you're looking at free agency, you're trying. Say you got the you got the roster in front of you, you got it on the board, and you're just trying to to uh, put not not just bodies, but players that you like. They may not be the you know guys who end up starting there, but you've got someone there to to get you into the draft, um, and then you got to do it with uh, affordability and all that other. But I, you know I, the three positions I wrote down were. Uh, receiver, cornerback, and uh, inside linebacker. Now I cross off and defensive line. So, you know, I, I cross off defensive line just because I don't think that there's anybody now at, at the later stages of free agency. I think those defensive tackles, those beasts up front, either come in the draft relatively high or they come in that first wave of free agency, the, the difference makers. Uh, like Lowry, I think, and they make that, that they they made a signing at that position, so I took that off. Inside linebacker, I took off because you know, they do have Asamoah, they do like Troy Die, uh, they brought Hicks back, so they did make a move with Hicks. Mm-hmm. So uh, and then corner, you know, they make the move with Murphy. They got him. That's still a crazy thin position. I do think that they'll end up. Uh, you know, Duke Shelley must want more money than what the Vikings are willing pay because he hasn't been resigned. I, I I would think he would be resigned. Right. So I take that one off. And the one I go with is receiver because right now uh they they're crazy thin at receiver. You're you're you've got uh, obviously you got the best the best in the business at Jefferson. Then you got KJ Osborne who now becomes a a strong number two. And after that there's nothing. I mean there, there's Jalen Naylor and then there's literally nothing. Uh, experience wise, it's just a you know practice squad guy. So my feeling is that before Rieger, that some point, what about Rieger? Rieger is you know very proven. I mean he's yeah he caught a caught a ball from the punter. He had a couple games. He had a, well, he had a game uh, where uh, was it last year against the Packers? Simmers last year, where he had a, you know whenever they were resting starters, he had had some nice nice yeah. plays. 
Yeah. Uh, but really, you know, nobody beyond that. So that's the position I feel like before they get to the draft, there's going to be a, um, a like a one-year prove-it type of deal or a, a, a second, third-tier type receiver that's brought in I before you get to the draft, I think. For me, it's cornerback. It's still the number one. And, I, you know, I can't add to much more to what you said about it. Um, uh, but it's like Zimmer said, you can never have enough of them. So uh, they, they're depleted there, and they, they plugged a hole. They got more holes to plug. They, you know, if, if the if the corner, cornerbacks that they took last year, uh, Andrew Booth and Caleb Evans can come back from injury and play like it's their second year, even though they didn't get full f- first years, uh, great. You know, then it's a bad problem. Then you're a good problem to have. But uh, I still see them taking a, a cornerback in the early part of the draft. There's a bunch of good ones in there and and uh, that they might get them. Uh, and wide receiver is a, is a close second. I agree with you. Um, I think you know, somebody, I, I just, cause I was looking through like, you know, a list of like um, available receivers, like that could be had for relatively cheaply. And according to pro football focus, the me Cole Hardman from Kansas right. city is a guy that, yeah. it, that could, you know, be, and I see that, you know, others have kind of piece put those puzzles together because you're seeing a lot of rumors now. If you Google Vikings, me call Hardman, you're like, oh yeah, they should take me call Hardman. So I might have been late to that party, but he is a guy that's you know gets crazy fast. Um, you know, I don't know that you know he'd want to leave the Chiefs, uh, but that's what I don't you know. get. Yeah, yeah. So, but to me, if you get him, uh, that's a guy you can get for one year, and they you know roughly, I don't know, four million dollars if they can do that. I, obviously he only played eight games last year. So, and he had a, an ankle injury, but in order to get guy for that kind of money, who, who you think will might, he's still young. He's still like 25, 26 years old. You've got to, you got to give somewhere. You're not going to get everything. So that's a guy that I would think like, Hey, you know, then now you've got another, you got a third receiver that you can go into the draft and really focus on what's the best, what's the best thing for us at, Whenever that, when you're on the clock, what is the best option? Not just, yeah, I think we've got to take this guy. We've got to take that. Yeah, and uh, that that'll be fun to watch as it plays out to see where it goes. Um, so, you know, I was going to say that pretty much does it for us this week. But there is some breaking news going on right now that I noticed while we're sitting here. It's snowing, Mark. It's snowing in Minnesota. It, it's I, unbelievably snowing. It's not happened. It, it's not happened like this in the history of Minnesota. The snow, the snow we have. You know, anyway, it's not. Uh, this is like a next weather alert. Uh, oh my God! You know, yes. don't drive. Stay home. <laughs> not not um, quite. Good. Yeah, but it's coming down pretty good. Wish it was raining sap, but it's not. But well, anyway. I, I, as I tell my friends in in my southern vacation spot of Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, the biggest difference between here and there is March is a winter month. Yeah. Isn't that and it is. Every year it proves to be. Absolutely. Heaviest snowfalls in this month for Minnesota. This is our snow month. So not a shock to see it. Anyway, that'll do it this week for Vikings Territory Breakdown. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in and checking us out. Thanks, Mike Wolden behind the scenes. Thanks, Joe Johnson, for putting us here. And I uh, hope to see you guys back next week when we'll talk about the next uh, stage of free agency and see where the Vikings are going. Come on back and, and we'll see you then. Until then, skull. Skull.